welcome to the Loathsome Things podcast. I am Josh, and with me is John. And John, how are you? And what are you doing today with me here? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing well. Um, and uh, today I uh, am with you doing. <laughs> Another delicious episode. Oh, good. Oh my god, I've already I've already lost it, and we haven't even done anything yet. I think um, it's yeah, yeah. No, it's good. This movie is fucking epic. Yeah, um, we're 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 doing a a lost in well, they're not lost, so to speak, but they know exactly where they are. <laughs> a bunch of dudes in Canada stuck in an um, archaeology dig in the middle of nowhere. And uh, anyways, the movie's called Black Mountain Side, as in three words, Black Mountain Side, because who fucking knows? I, I think it's uh, it's the name of a Led Zeppelin song. Oh, well, that yeah. doesn't explain anything. It does not, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, it's not going to get in the way of how awesome this movie is. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this movie came out in 2014 or 2016, depending on what website you go to. And it is directed by and written by Nick Shostakusky. Yeah. Nick Shostakusky. Nick Shkakotikowax. Yes. And it is the the it is a small cast full of uh, people with very interesting names. A large number of white dudes, yes. uh, one black dude, and a mm-hmm. handful of possibly native guys, only one face of which we see. Yep. Also, I think you're forgetting there's a kitty. A kitty named Gibson. Named Gibson. Who is Nick Schlicka frickin' with his cat. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a note because he gets a credit. <laughs> his name is... <laughs> What is it? It's got a hyphenated last name. What is it? Oh, oh, it's Fleetwood Addison Shostakusky. Yep, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Gibson the cat, the the child of the director. Fleetwood, god damn it, Fleetwood. <laughs> Get down off that table. I mean Gibson, god damn it. That how many times was that said in the making of this movie? <laughs> yeah. So the movie the movie was shot in British Columbia uh, in an area called Lumbee. Oh. And uh, yeah. And, Sounds nice. Uh, yeah. And those are, of course, actual cabins. They And they did camp, so to speak, in that location during the shoot. Oh, um, neat. They were out of cell range and uh, they also did not have internet while they were there. So they pretty much took whatever they needed with them for the shoot and made the movie. Wow. Uh, which I is cool. They, yeah, I guess they actually lived in those cabins. They did. Um, and then uh, all, there was, by the way, I would mention that there are no women in the film. Not not a vagina to be sniffed. <laughs> Nary a gene. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And that, um, and then there's, uh, well, oh, okay, whatever. I'll we'll get into that. But uh, as usual, we're going to spoil, you know, the hell out of this movie. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say let's let's go ahead and just say uh, 
how we feel about it as by way of pre-spoilers. I, I think this movie is awesome. Uh, as previously mentioned in our last episode, I consider it on my list of uh, not John Carpenter's The Thing. And I think it's kind of on the higher end of those movies that fit into that category. It's a, uh, it can feel like when you're when you finish watching it the first time, it can feel like, huh, that's a weird movie. I'm not sure I liked it. But if you watch it again, <laughs> the more times you watch it, you'll be like, hmm, I liked this. Yeah, I had the exact same reaction. Um, the first time I, I watched it, I enjoyed it. And that goes, you know, that goes right along with what we say about horror films that, you know, I mean, it's it's pretty hard for me to not enjoy a horror film. Having said that, I, I did think it was pretty good. It didn't you know, bowl me over. And there were some things that we'll get into that kind of <laughs> made it a little bit of a struggle for me. But yeah. the second time I watched it, I watched it in, you know, the best way that we watch stuff with the headphones on the computer. And um, it made a huge difference because actually a lot of the stuff that just kind of felt uh, kind of tacked on and, and a little bit loose and all that stuff pretty much tightened up except for one thing, which we'll get into mm-hmm. Um, but overall it it was much more cohesive the second viewing. Um, not that it was hard to follow necessarily. It just seemed like a grab bag of shit. Um, and it is kind of a grab bag of shit, particularly when they're dealing with what these guys, uh, you know, what they are, have to confront. Um, the rest of it is pretty much a standard, you know, guys stuck together, uh, kind of in a tense situation that's escalating extremely rapidly. Yeah. They, yeah, you know, their their theories as to what is happening are, you know, and, and what they figure out about what's happening is pretty interesting, but it would also be incredibly terrifying. Yeah. 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 It's um it's it's really interesting. There's a whole lot going on in it. There's a lot of things to be nerdy about, which I always love in a in a horror movie is like neat little details to feel nerdsome about. Yeah. Um I really like it. It's a super low budget movie, like just I think the helicopter landing to drop someone off at the beginning of the movie was probably the most expensive thing that happened in here, but it, it, it looks amazing. Like, like the, like the cameras they use, the production value, it's all really good. Uh, there's just not a lot of special effects in this movie and the special effects that are there aren't trying to be more expensive than they are. No, it's, Aside from the, well, we're, we're in spoiler mode already, but aside from the payoff of, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, all the effects are exclusively gore and they're done pretty well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So go watch it. It's out there on the internet. It's a, it sounds like it's a solid recommend from both of us. Oh yeah. And, uh, and then after you've seen it, come back here and listen to us spoil it. All right. Okay. John, do you have a, a spoiler for us? Everybody probably dies. Yeah, almost certainly everyone is dead. I guess. I mean, I had read like one review where some guy had said, you know, some user on IMDb had said that, uh, well, it's, you know, they kind of leave it up in the air. It's like they didn't really leave it up in the air. The guy had 100 kilometers to trek across snow and he walked into a fucking bear trap. Yeah. Yeah. And it is also possible. Probably not, but it's also possible that there is no one out there to rescue him. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, it's it's really hard to tell what's going on in this movie. Yeah, there's that, that there's that whole bit where they're talking about when the So, okay, so here's the premise. 
these guys are archaeologists and they're on a site. I think the site, the dig site is called site 291. They've apparently they've found, you know, some, some artifacts and, and um, some tokens of some sort of ancient civilization. And so they've, this is one of the, of however many sites, I think it was 291 sites and they are number 291. Yeah. They are in the Northern Taiga Cordillera of Canada. Yeah. That area. Yeah, <laughs> and and they have they've discovered uh, uh, Clovis points, which is uh, considered one of the possibilities for the first people to have inhabited uh, America. That's right, and then so then they have a you know they have a, a another archaeologist like some big shot come out to join the the team. Yeah, Professor Salt and Pepper. <laughs> That's right. And he gets out there and, you know, they're kind of explaining the situation. Essentially, they've uncovered some sort of a structure which they, you know, which could be one meter deep or it could be three or whatever Ooh. the hell he says. It's like, <laughs> yeah. wow, three feet deep, which you've already uncovered, or maybe 10. Yeah. Don't worry. Over the course of this movie, we will dig no further down. <laughs> So they're kind of talking about it and, you know, they, they basically realize that, um, you know, that this thing is impossibly old, you know, yeah. it just, it, it shouldn't be there based on the historical record. There's no reason that to, to connect it with, you know, archeological history other than to say that it, it somewhat resembles some Mesoamerican stuff, uh, in South America, which is this guy's specialty. And that's why they called him out there. Yeah, so it's it's there bef- uh, in the sediment. It's older than it should be, and it has like Mesoamerican markings, which should not be there because it's all the way up north where those aren't. And also, wasn't it in sediment that was much younger than the structure itself, or something like that? It was like surrounded. Uh, well, it was. It was the so so the the. Clovis culture is supposed to be like 11,000 BCE, whereas this is uh, predates that by like, I think, 2000 years. Uh, That's right. Um, and so like, not only is it older than things should be, but it's in a place where it shouldn't be. And it's all kinds of spooky. And it looks like someone buried a like chest of drawers and then made the outside of it look like a thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's, st- it's sticking out of the ground at a ridiculous angle. Yeah. I also like that. They, they say that they dug it up, like they uncovered it, although it's com- clearly sticking above the line of the surrounding earth. Yeah. So, it, you know, by all, I mean, I guess it could have been covered in dirt and snow and stuff. However, there are no piles of dirt anywhere, so it doesn't make any sense. But whatever. You know, that's fine. It's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. They did say that it's uh, unreasonably warm, like it's warmer than normal, even though if you are outside at night, you will die because your blood will freeze in your veins. That's right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so, and so they, they, that's why they've got him here. They, they found this cool thing and he's a big shot. And so they want him to look at it to determine whether or not they will get more grant money. To that's right. Do more cool work. And they have a, they have a, sh- a small crew of, of, uh, natives, uh, that live on a reservation, uh, uh, that's like a hundred kilometers away. Apparently they walk this every day. Which makes I no sense. <laughs> I don't think they do. I think they they supposedly stay at the cabins. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, that's what, yeah, that's what it was. It's and a little hard to follow, though. <laughs> yeah. So they're 
you know, there's, and they basically are like a little bit creeped out already, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, um, there's a scene where you see a cat. There's a, there's a cat that belongs to one of the guys and they're all sitting around this table where they play poker and, and drink and smoke cigarettes and stuff. And the cat jumps up on the table. They're petting the cat and blah, blah, blah. The next day, you know, they, there's like some sort of an alarm. The guys run out there and the, the mangled corpse of the cat is like at the bit, the base of this little structure that they, yeah. Made. Like some sort of sacrificial offering. Yeah. And yep. so they, you know, they immediately ask the natives about it because racism and mm-hmm. the, the natives, natives immediately blame this dude, McNaughton, who's one of the, I think he's the guy with the green hat and the annoying guy who does nothing. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the like, technician guy the guy that's in charge of all the equipment and he's the creepiest looking yeah yeah they blame him so they radio uh they radio mcnaughton and and (laughs) there's this really weird scene where the guy's just like hey mcnaughton uh did you kill uh did you kill cat yeah Uh, (laughs) he's like uh no (laughs) so you didn't kill the cat no okay and he's like yeah this guy said he saw you kill the cat and he's like Nope, didn't do it, but you'll figure it out. I've got faith in you. <laughs> yeah, later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, and uh, and so that's, that's the first weird thing that happens. And then uh, all of the native workers leave in the middle of the night. I think it's funny because it's like, yeah, three of them left and the other two went to go find them. So they're mm-hmm. all gone. <laughs> yeah. One thing I liked was, it, it, you know... Th- as we had mentioned with, you know, the empty man, there's, there's, a, there's some references to other things in this movie, but besides just the obvious, you know, comparison to something like the thing, um, there's some, some less completely overt references. There's a scene where the guy's walking through the snow, carrying a rifle and the camera's behind him. And it's very like Jack in the shining going oh. to get his kid out in the maze thing. Nice. Very similar shot with all the snow and the, the, and uh, what was that? There was another reference to something that was was pretty clear to me. So there's also a Stalag 17 reference in this movie. Oh, uh, wow. W- yeah. Where the uh, where the guy McNaughton is throwing the ball against the wall because he's bored. That's a famous mm-hmm. scene in Stalag 17 where he's just like bored in his little area, bouncing a, a ball off the wall and catching it over and over again. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Oh, by the way, there's no music in this movie at all. Yeah, there's just lots of uh, lots of really good like mountain uh, winter mountain wind noises. Yeah, the sound the sound design was great. Yeah, very atmospheric. It sounds really good on headphones. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, not a lot that happens, and so the sound really contributes to it. And that absence of music really kind of lends to the sense of isolation. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, after after that things start getting weirder um uh, so at like there's there's basically like two lines to the story going on simultaneously there's things are getting weirder around them and also the two academic guys are just like ignoring all the weird stuff going on and just like walking around having conversations about archaeology and about their own careers and stuff like that so um like we find out that uh the 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 locals see animals as uh the um, embodiment of gods or demons 
and that's like them talking about stuff. And then uh, the in- there's an intern guy who uh, has himself a really gross vomit on the table that they normally play, play poker on. Oh, yeah. He has the black oil looking vomit. Yeah. And then there, there's the scene where they're they're. <laughs> They're uh, they take him to the like clinic area or whatever, and the the doctor that that's on site isn't is, is kind of like looking the guy over, checking him over, and and then he talks to someone later, and he's like, the guy's like, well, what's up with the uh, black puke guy? And, and yeah. the doctor's like, uh, oh, uh, I think he just has the flu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck kind of flu makes you? vomit black liquid yeah i also really like there's a there's a lot uh like once once bodily fluids start flying around in this movie um yeah there's a lot of scenes of people wiping down surfaces but even though like there's there's a a, a scene like where they're wiping down a surface that there was gross bodily fluid on but it's supposed to be like three days later <laughs> so yeah. it's just like weird business going on oh yeah that's another thing that made uh that connected this to um to the empty man, this, uh, the scenes are time stamped. So instead of it being yeah. like day one, day two, it's November 10th. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That was very similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. Those kind of little, those little things that you, you notice. Yep. Um, so, so while all of this is going on, uh, they're supposed to be getting supply drops from uh, headquarters. You know, they even like call in. They're like, hey, we need more milk. We need more eggs and we need more cigarettes. And they're like, all right, we're going to drop your supplies on this day. And as things get weird, the radio stops working. They even have like a whole thing where they're like trying to figure it out. And the tech guy's like, the radio works. It's just no one's listening. And he like even proves that it works because it like goes to their own PA system. Um, and it's just no one is talking back to them and then over the course of things the day that they were supposed to get their supplies uh passes and they never you know the helicopter never shows up they never hear from anyone and that's like a point of contention all along the way yeah now they're they're completely isolated they have no idea why obviously something strange is is starting to happen uh they haven't really you know nothing's been put together yet as far as what's going on but the natives have left they're spooked something killed the cat this dude puked black oil oily water or whatever it was um and they're not going to be able to get their supplies their their milk eggs and cigarettes yep yep um we've got um we find out that you know um planes can't come up here because it's so cold that the engines stop we start seeing people uh, that aren't getting enough sleep. We start seeing that people are getting on each other's nerves. The intern is like twirling an artifact for fun. And his boss is like, stop it. Yeah, that um, was hilarious. Yeah. We see that um, they're like trying to refuel the, uh, the generator and they realize they're running low that uh, their supply drop was supposed to be three days ago. Um, and we see there's even a scene where they tell the technician guy to uh, rig a loop uh, so that if anyone does radio in, it'll go out over the PA system so that no matter where they are, they can hear it. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, dude, yeah, sure, I'll totally do that. And then af- as soon as that guy leaves, he actively does not do that. <laughs> yes, very aggressively does not do that. Yeah. Uh, we also find out uh, along here that uh, that there are bears in this area, but you don't have to worry about them because there are bear traps fucking everywhere. And he even goes as far as to say the bear traps were, will fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not foreshadowing. No, it's not. It's fine. <laughs> 
Um, we find out that the artifacts are similar to Aztec or Maya in style, but they um, they're they're not written in a language. It's more like what you would see in ancient cave wolves, but with a like coherent uh, run through. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see McNaughton's uh, the technician is acting weird, and like they they knock on his door and he doesn't answer. They open it and he's just sitting there being still, and he says he's just reading, but he hasn't been eating, he hasn't been sleeping. And then it gets awesome. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly there it's a, it's late at night. Th- this movie is you know to, to kind of mark the pass of time and and just to kind of give you this you know a sense of atmosphere. It's constantly cutting from day to night, you know, and every once in a while interspersed with like a day specific day or date title card. Yeah. Um. So it you know here it is, it's at night. There's suddenly there's this huge alarm. They're screaming to get some, everybody to come to you know one of the cabins and they. They run into the cabin and they've got this guy held down on the table. Yep. And, uh, and you notice that his arm is doing the lumpy, bubbly movie thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the bl- bladder around. under the skin special effects and, yeah. and all discolored and gross looking. And so they immediately, somebody grabs an axe <laughs> <laughs> and hacks his fucking forearm off. Yep. <laughs> Yep, just gets all choppy <laughs> instantly. Like, oh, well, obviously we need to cut it off. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess it makes sense considering whatever the hell was happening to his arm. But yep, yep, and uh, and then uh, in order to stop the bleeding, they use the uh, the classic uh, fireplace set shovel. You know that you would yeah. use to scoop out the ashes. They get they get that hot in the fireplace and then cauterize his arm with the flat. <laughs> The fireplace. I love it when that that Olsen guy, the the visiting guy, is like uh, yelling at the at the other guy about that yeah. later, and he's like, you know, we had to cauterize his arm with a fucking shovel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 going in his report on whether or not they get a grant money. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh my god yeah it's uh it's it's awesome one thing about that scene that kind of sucks is that the arm is all rubbery and obviously fake looking like you can see before they go for a chop they like put the axe on the arm and it just like completely like squishes in yeah which later like that's that's one thing that bothers me about this movie if we had known what we know later that would have looked amazing it would have yeah. looked so cool, but we didn't know about it until yeah. later. So yeah. it didn't look cool. So that's part of why it's a good second watch. Uh, we'll get to what that is momentarily. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's and I'm trying to remember like things are now it's some point along the way. One of the guys uh, starts hearing this voice. It's Francis. Is it Francis? Yeah. Francis, yeah. the guy who looks like the dude from the tall dude from Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things. These guys, it's very hard to tell which one is which at times. And uh, it's also really hard to tell how many of them there are because there's one guy, the guy who is the chef and the owner of the cat, who is like in three scenes, like every once in a while, he's just in the background and whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to keep a head count, even though it's a small group of people. Yeah, and then sometimes, of course, you know, I had the subtitles on, and then s- sometimes guy, account, I'm sorry, characters are are referred to by their first name, maybe mm-hmm. their last name, 
Sometimes they'll say one thing, but it'll it'll give a different name in the subtitle because they're referring to the guy by his last name, but you never heard his first name. Yep. It'll be like Bob says. It's like who the fuck is Bob? What? <laughs> who are these people? They're all just interchangeable. Yep. Yeah. The the in the past when I've watched this, I've watched it like passively, and it was impossible to tell who anyone was. Watching it with a little bit more focus, I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, once you kind of pick up who, you know, each guy is, it's there's still some moments where it's a little vague and sometimes things are shot uh the the night scenes, you know, use pretty much exclusively use natural lighting, so or, you know, like like on-scene lighting and and so there's a lot of stuff that's really in shadow and and sometimes there's characters that are shown on screen you're not really sure who they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, until, until we determined that we were going to watch this for this movie, I didn't even, or for this podcast, God, um, I, I didn't know that the character Ramus, the chef, even existed. <laughs> yeah, Harold Ramus, the chef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, so, so Francis, the tall guy, starts hearing a creepy, really good, creepy voice talking to him. He goes, Francis. Do you see it? And he's just like looking out in the woods and he doesn't see it. <laughs> Do you see it, Francis? <laughs> um and voiced then, by a guy voiced by a guy named Nathaniel. Oh, really? <laughs> who I'm guessing is native, because when I hear when I heard the voice like blaring in my headphones, it kind of had that that, you know, that that kind of movie native american guy accent <laughs> yeah it's terrible yeah. and uh so so that's like a night and then the next morning we see it's a really nice uh scene where uh one dude is like angrily chopping wood we know that he's one of the ones that's having a hard time coping with the situation and so he's like setting up a block of wood chopping it making like tennis umps each time oh my <laughs> god he is murdered chopping yeah. that wood yeah he's really whacking away at them them pine and um <gasps> yeah. and while that's going on there's a dude walking around i think maybe that's the thing you were talking about where he's walking around anyway he's walking around and he goes into one of the cabins this guy he builds a history of not noticing shit and yeah. he walks into a room and is just like piddling around with stuff and we see McNaughton the um, the technician is at the table just sitting there and his hand is not on his arm anymore and there's just a gross stump at the end of his arm and like blood all over the place and dude is just walking around like do, 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 do. then finally he turns around and sees it and they have this whole uh, he gets on the radio and starts uh, calling for help he's like is anyone there and then the dude that cut his hand off starts repeating everything that he's saying like shouting into his face repeating what he's saying it's an amazing scene yeah that was so weird yeah is anyone there yeah. is anyone there is anyone there it's like is this really the time to mock someone <laughs> this is serious <laughs> uh <laughs> So, so that's going on. Uh, they like get him. I, I like that the doctor, there's a guy there. He's just the doctor. He even talks about how he doesn't have anything to do. That's yeah. now changed. It, he just gives everyone all of the medicine. So like <laughs> he just like, that's most of his lines are, all right, I want you to take these pills. Here's a antidepressant. Here's some Xanax. Here's everything you want. Here you go. 
knock yourself out. Take all of these. Yeah. Um, so they they get McNaughton. He's chopped his arm off there. Like, uh, we've got to get him to a hospital. He's probably going to lose his entire arm because it's not a clean cut. He just, like, really ripped the shit out of it. <laughs> so gross. He used a knife. Yeah. Yeah, just, just like one of their cooking knives. Um, and that then, took some work. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the two practical effects we've come across, you know, the arm chop and and now the the wrist stump, you know, very yeah. easy, but well, well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, then later, uh, we see Jensen is walking around at night uh, and we you hear the creepy voice talking to him. He's like, this way, follow my voice. And he sees people standing around. It's hard. You can't really see who they are. It, you think it might be the workers that abandoned, or it could be the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and it's hard. Uh, it switches, and he's talking to the doctor. He's like, yeah, I haven't been sleeping, but I've having been having this dream where I see people. They're like us, but not, and they're watching. And the doctor's like, hmm, here, take these pills. <laughs> <laughs> I, have I got a lot of pills for you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the point at which I was like, wait, is this doctor being irresponsible with medicine? <laughs> How many should I take? It doesn't matter. Yeah, just just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then while this is going on, you know, the two academic dudes, uh, Francis and Professor Salt and Pepper, um, uh, are still talking, like uh, walking around talking about academic archaeology, and they. Learned that uh, there's uh, the animals portrayed on the things are godlike creatures, especially the one that's a deer god, which is very important, like a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that these people had no concept of germs or bacteria. Uh, but the most recent pottery that they like, the youngest pottery they found uh, displays disfigured people that are missing body parts and are slouched over. They think maybe it depicts a plague. They theorize that maybe it wasn't the cold that killed this community but rather uh the bacteria he refers to it as the curse of the pharaohs mm-hmm. um and yeah at this time yeah dude uh the dude that's not been handling it well starts really not handling it well and he starts thinking that uh he says that he's pe- heard people walking around at night talking to not him <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, he's worried that they're going to be snatching up all the supplies um we we see uh after that we see francis uh the creepy voice is talking to francis again it's like look as hard as you can don't look at the trees or the mountains look past them and then we see a fucking, a fucking deer puppet standing on its hind legs up like a person he goes, look, <laughs> look at my pants. <laughs> it's, it's real weird. It is, it is, <laughs> it is so fucking weird. It makes and no sense. It makes no sense, but it does get weirder. We do oh, see, yeah. we do see more of the deer just standing up. <laughs> just, just, just standing around. Yep. Um, it moves on. McNaughton somehow got himself untied and shot the fuck out of his own head. So he's done with. Um, yeah, he he did the old, the old Paul and the Empty Man 
head spray across the back wall. Yep. Well, managed window to, in this case. Yeah. Managed to not break the glass, just cover it in smatter. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and then uh who uh who, yeah, 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 they find the who uh they find him and uh yeah, at this point basically all hell's broken loose. Like you know, like something terrible is going on. And eventually they have the corpse and the the armless guy who apparently is horribly sick and is just laying there and the, it's just like god it's so weird yep it didn't make any sense here's another thing that didn't make sense by the way okay every time somebody walks through a fucking door in this movie they leave <laughs> it wide open yes i noticed that it is i i don't know if that is it, because they're losing it or if it's like it, it's just not going to get warm inside like at first I thought it was just because the camera would walk in behind them because there's a lot of, you know, carrying the camera shots around to kind of get that that realistic walking motion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there's like there's a scene where you're you're watching this cabin. The door opens and Robert comes out, uh, sits down, smokes a cigarette, leaves the door wide open. And the whole time you can hear him chattering and like, you know, his jaws are shaking. He's clearly freezing. It's like, dude, why did you leave the fucking door open? Yeah. It's so cold, and you're just letting all that cold into your cabin. It's such a dad complaint about a movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you catch your death of cold, Robert. Yes, and close the refrigerator. Eat some soup. <laughs> Here, take this vitamin. Somebody uh, does get soup at some point. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's soup going on. There's also, at one point, they fling what is obviously an empty wad of aluminum foil at a guy, and they're like, here, eat this. <laughs> That was great. Oh, uh, so so <laughs> was I'm trying to think what's that's the next thing that matters. So, so the next doctor? thing that matters is they they do um they they cut the dudes open and do science on them. That's right. Yeah, and we find out that the this doctor that cauterized a wound with a shovel also is just real good at autopsies. Um, yeah. So he he t- says that the tumors forming under the first guy's skin, the guy that cho- got his arm chopped off, not chopped his own arm off, uh, the tumors were turning into cephalopod cells. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he, you mean he was turning into an octopus? He was like, more like turning into lots of tiny little bitty octopuses. <laughs> which is which is great. It's obviously, you know, a Lovecraftian thing. And- mm mm-hmm. Um, but, but also what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why? Well, okay. So they uncovered an ancient bacteria associated with some sort of God, uh, yeah. that creates this plague that makes people kill themselves or each other. And then also infects them with tiny octopus seeds. What the fuck? So it it turns their own cells, it, you know, kind of like how cancer is your own cells working against you. It turns oh, right. their own cells are turning into octopuses. Which I is, I mean, okay, if that's the idea you want to go with, that's great. Yeah. But you're going to have to flesh that out a little bit. A little bit. But I will <laughs> say, if we had known that, if he had done a blood test before they chopped off his arm, that scene where his arm is all rubbery and fake would have looked so cool if we knew ahead of time that his arm was turning into octopuses. That's true. Yeah. But it's it's just so strange because, okay, that happens to that guy, but they don't really mention it happening to anyone else. No one else gets the bubbly, 
tumor uh, octopus. Yep, that's true. Uh, but they 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 do say that it like starts in the spine. They're like, is it contagious? And he's like, it's probably really contagious, you guys. <laughs> and we know that like the first symptoms are like not sleeping and getting cranky mm-hmm. uh, and then acting like a real piece of shit. Uh, which everyone is now not sleeping and getting cranky. And thus, you know, they're all going to start acting like pieces of shit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it really wants you to, you know, to accept the fact that they, there, there is some sort of microorganism that is infecting them bacterial, uh, according to the doctor and that it is causing a lot of this stuff to happen. However, the film also wants you to accept the fact that there is a dear God that is somehow connected it's almost like the bacteria is a side effect of exposing this this ancient thing or whatever it, I, the two things didn't connect for, to me like why a, a deer i get because that's an animal that you know people living in the in the taiga would would obviously be aware of um but octopus that, <laughs> i mean they don't have octopus Octopus in the taiga. Yeah, I think I think that was that that was there purely for the Cthulhu reference, which is that's clunky. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great, but I also like I don't know it it it's going with a lot of things. There's a yeah. lot of things that go. Yeah. Um, after this, uh, the deer appears inside Francis's room. Like in the shadows in the corner, you just see its head. So it's very like the movie Harvey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he or it's not his room. It's it's one of the like main living areas. And yeah, he's yeah. like uh, they have a whole conversation. And he's like, they're talking about you. They think you're going mad. <laughs> and it's it's really good. And then he's like the deer like convinces him to pick up the knife and you can tell that he's about to chop off his own hand with it (laughs) (laughs) when uh, the oblivious dude walks in and they have a conversation while Francis is like holding this knife and leaning and not looking great. And it takes the guy away. He's like, do you need anything, buddy? (laughs) And the thing is like, kill him. Yeah. Kill him. Do it. Do it. You jackweed. Francis. Your only other credit is in Supernatural. <laughs> and that's not even really you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they have a whole conversation. We see uh, he walks off with the knife. Um, and later he, er, he he ends up going to the, uh, the hospital area and uh, finishes killing off um, the intern. Uh, yeah. And we like, whenever, whenever we see it, it's, it's the professor walks in and he's there with an ax, but then he like starts explaining, like he told me to do it. He made me do it. And, uh, and we find out that he used the knife to like cut the guy's wrist and cut the guy's throat and he just wouldn't die. And so he was like chopping him and stabbing him and nothing was working. So he grabbed the ax to like really get the job done. Yeah, that's pretty that actually that scene was pretty great. The way yep. he acts is is that part where he's like he, he made me he made me do it. I had to do it. I I, I want to go home. Yeah, he gave he, that one line where he delivered I would like to go home. <laughs> it was Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. The, I will say the acting in this movie is great. Like it, it, I no, at no point did the acting pull me out of it or make me feel like this wasn't, you know, a real movie. 
Yeah, a lot of people didn't like the acting, and and I guess my only response to that is, do you know any scientists or anyone who works in kind of nerdy, you know, like engineers or uh, – these people talk exactly like this. Yeah. <laughs> I work with a lot of engineers. They're all like those guys. Yeah, yeah. They they all seemed really believable. That It wasn't like flat line reading. It was It was pretty good, pretty emotive, not too emotive. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was great. And this was, you know, like an apex, like him being all like scared and, you know, he's the biggest, tallest dude there. And he's like all like hunched over and sad and all. Yeah. Like he's yeah, he was forced to do this thing by this creature. And he he doesn't you know, he doesn't want anybody to think that it's something that he would just do on his own. He just had to do it. Yeah. And it, it's also really good because this conversation is going on between him and the professor. And we've seen like their, you know, friendship build over time. Like yeah. he apparently he even uh, wrote a essay in response to that guy's essay whenever he was in college. And oh, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. Good stuff. Yeah, that was good stuff. I also liked um, when Olson comes in there and uh he sees him standing there with the axe and he, he sets off this. It's like the, the loudest worst. alarm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's the worst <laughs> practical non-digital fire alarm where it's just a really horrible bell ringing. Just. just oh God, turn that off. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> like anyone there doesn't know terrible things are already happening. Yep. <laughs> um. And then uh, they they take uh, they take Francis and lock him in his room. Uh, his the dude's name is Robert Michael Giles. Um, yes. Is now super gun happy, and he was like, "I will fucking shoot you." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we see Francis; he's all sad and alone in his room, and we hear the creepy voice say, "You did a good thing." That's right. Yep, <laughs> it's comforting. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it moves on to December 1st, which we know is the day that Robert Michael Giles was supposed to leave and be able to go start his Florida sexy woman vacation. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, we find out that uh, the professor is in good health, um, that everything's fine, and the doctor leaves him alone in the room with the corpse of the intern mm -hmm. uh, and the corpse begins talking and then i like the professor he turns around and he's like who's there hello <laughs> i know that was so great yeah and then, then he sh it shows it shows him start talking like he's actually talking the guy can see his mouth moving and stuff and he gives him that weird story about uh, what the hell was that about so it's you're talking about ancho circa vol volus that's the one yeah and he's like, yeah, it's it's like a, it lays its maggots in human skin and they live in the eyeballs. And so I had to look it up. I was like, there's some crazy Latin going on. What the fuck is this guy talking about? It is an actual wretched, horrible species of grossness that uh, that only live like the only natural host for this gross species is humans. And um they get inside of us by flies biting us, which then like spit out their gross nastiness into us. And uh, they build tumors inside of us to mate and like grow inside our eyeballs. That's the second leading cause of blindness in the world. Wow. Yeah. And part of their reproductive cycle is then uh, whenever another fly bites them, the baby ones go into the fly and mature in there. And then 
once they get mature, they live in the flies fucking bitey proboscis so that they can inject themselves into a, a new human. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. Ocon circa volvulus. Yeah, on on onco circa volvulus. Yes, oh, is that it? Onco. Yeah, yeah. With onco circa volvulus. Yeah, why I keep saying it like it matters. It's fine. It it was really cool. It was good enough that I I did the Wikipedia on it. That's really cool. I'm gonna have to dig into that one. Yeah, there's another cool thing that I would recommend you you look up. Uh, whenever they were talking about the uh, artifact, he was like, "See this right here? It looks like a Tracina, and a Tracina oh, yeah. is um, like a a Mayan or Aztec like weekly calendar. It's it's a 13 day calendar, and there's like a certain number of I think it was 13. I don't know. There's a certain number of them each year and each each week, each Tracera has its own God associated with it. And each day in the Tracera has its own like figurative meaning. So it's, you know, like, you know, Friday or Saturday, but it's like Flint knife or fuck you. (laughs) Cloven penis. Yeah. And it, it would be mildly interesting if it was just that but each like fucking day has its own badass artwork so yeah go look that up because it's amazing oh that's really cool i will indeed yes tracina it means 13 that and weird parasitic insects i assume they're insects since they lay maggots are they flies of some sort they are not flies they are nematodes here clickety click uh they are filarial anthropod born nematode roundworms whoa yeah it causes onchocerciasis which is river blindness okay i think i have heard of this actually yeah he found they found it to be the causative agent of craw craw a skin disease found in a place that sounds really bad yeah (laughs) yes it does they also suspect it might be the cause of the famous nodding disease oh okay yeah that was something else okay i don't know but it sounds creepy (laughs) wow that's uh okay so and and then of course this is something that occurs mainly in africa with yeah. additional foci in Latin America and the Middle East. Okay, so we'll accept <laughs> Northern America. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, 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 so yeah, and it's weird because the, all of this stuff is coming out of this corpse's mouth. And even the dude that the corpse was, you know, like whatever, like, I don't know. Is it the God? Like, it, we're supposed to believe that it's that dear God talking through corpse mouth. But I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. It is a fly. It's the the it's like hatched from the larva of a fly. Oh, I'm looking at the pictures of the fly now. Oh, okay, I have no idea how anything biology works. Also, if you really want to gross yourself out, oh, which no. I know you do, get grossed out with real shit. Uh, because I'll share this because it, you know it's a horror <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but um, I'm I'm old and. Um, the first time I, uh, went to the doctor and he stuck his fingers up my ass, I told you that story and you almost passed out. (laughs) (laughs) That's something you didn't need to remember. (laughs) You can cut that out if you like. No, it's fine. Let him, let him know. Let him know. Um, so there's a picture of a guy in Botswana with Onko. Circiasis, circiasis, mm-hmm. or something. Anyways, he, he looks like he has really bad cataracts. Like the whites of his eyes are red, and the corneas are baked, like a hazy bluish color. It's horrible. Yeah, 
Wow, that's brutal. Yeah. And fascinating. Parasites are fascinating. Parasitology is an amazing thing. I could never study it too deeply. Uh, <laughs> but it is fascinating. around in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It really is fascinating, just the science of it, like the biology of it, how they work and stuff. But so it was kind of cool to see. I mean, I wonder, you know, where they get. Obviously, they did some homework, or, or mm-hmm. you know, the director did some homework, or he, or he knew, you know, already maybe had you know studied some of this stuff before. So it was it was cool to see that kind of tied in. I just wish that they had gone a little bit further in kind of tying it all together. Really, yep, yep. And uh, uh, so part of part of the uh intern's corpse saying all that is saying that it's like uh um f- 5 million people a year are infected with these things just to propagate the species that can only do this with humans uh and they're s- such tiny insignificant creatures and uh and then professor salt and pepper gets all smashy with the rifle and like caves the corpse's skull all the way in yeah, that happened fast. Yeah. And it's really weird because he's like, he's not like, I don't believe that this conversation's happening. He's like in it. He is like having a full blown like talk with that guy. He, he Olsen is in it to win it. Yeah, that's right. Olsen, that's his name. Um, and so he smashes the, the corpse's skull apart right as the doctor is walking in. And the oh, doctor's so like, great. oh, yeah, that's fine. Here's some pills. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Yeah, he walks in and the dude is literally bashing his head into a pulp with the base of a rifle, like, and the guy's laying, you know, like laying on a slab, basically with his face facing up, just bashing his skull in. It was great. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it looked fake as shit, but it was great. Yep. Yep. It's, it's pretty great. Um, So he's like, here's sleeping pills and Xanax. Bye. (laughs) Get out of here. I know he's he's so busy. You You crazy kids. He seems so chill about it. He's like, Have you been sleeping? Uh, I don't know. I guess. Okay. Um, Let's just take this. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, he did basically just extra kill a dead guy. Yeah. (laughs) It's not as bad as what's been going on. (laughs) Yeah. In light light of recent events, it's not so bad. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to let this one slide here. Take some pills. Yeah. (laughs) We then get a a cool scene where like Jansen goes in to visit Francis and is like, hey, buddy, how's it going? And Francis is acting super weird. He's like, oh, yeah, the fucking thing's right behind you. He's touching you and watching you and he's watching me. (laughs) And um, (laughs) and he's like, this is all in your head. And he's I don't want it anymore. And he finally uh, uh, Jensen finally leaves and locks him in. And you can you can hear Francis in there screaming for him to come back. It's a really good, effective scene. Yeah. Yeah, that is that that's pretty tense, tense moment. Yep. Uh, we then see Robert Michael Giles is uh, comes in while Jansen is packing up because they got to go. He's like, you know what? If they're not going to come rescue us, someone's going to have to hike out and, and find help. And so he's packing supplies and Robert Michael Giles uh, is, you know, already s- suspicious about people taking supplies. And uh, he goes on this whole thing about, I know your type, you're fucking sociopaths if i see you taking our shit i'm gonna shoot you then i'm gonna kill you because people like you have it coming i thought that was a great speech yeah that guy was awesome yeah um we then see that he is holed up outside of francis's door so that francis can't get out he's got the gun 
that's when Jansen brought him the empty wad of aluminum foil and threw it at him. And he was like, here, eat this. And it's just it's just a wad of aluminum foil. Eat this, eat this aluminum foil. Yeah. There is no weight. It just like clatters around on the floor. There's obviously nothing in it. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't fall for that. Yeah, no. Um, we find out that he has that uh, Robert Michael Giles hasn't been sleeping. It then switches. It's December 4th. And uh, this is when he starts shooting people. Yeah, it's a really effectively upsetting scene yeah that's the that's the scene that reminded me of as he's heading up to the first cabin that reminded me of the shining just just kind of the feel of it even though that shot had been done you know similar style before where the camera's walking behind somebody but in this particular case it just kind of you know it's like here he is he's about to go try and fuck some shit up and the camera's right behind him and it was a very shining moment yep Yep, and he's got a he's got a very basic hunting rifle, you know, one one shell in the chamber, and then you've got to do the whole lever and pop it out, put a new one in, and so he's we see him, he's just like walking between the cabins, giggling to himself a little, goes inside, opens the door, shoots whoever's inside, loads another shell, goes to the next door, shoots who's ever inside. It's 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 brutal. It is brutal, and a couple of the guys take a few shots, and they're like. Well, like one of the guys he shoots and the guy looks at him like, dude, what are you doing? And then yep. he shoots him in the head. It's great. Yep. So and the way he laughs is 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 actually because usually in the movies when somebody's doing that, they have this maniacal, completely over the top laugh. But his was it was like it was actually funny to him. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it was just like he was giggling to himself like he th- was thinking about a really funny joke that he'd heard. <laughs> it's like, boom. <laughs> Okay. That was good. Wow. (laughs) I want to watch that again. Here we go. Boom. (laughs) That's even better. So fucked up. Uh, Then they have a shootout out in the darkness. Uh, Oh, yeah. With all these gunshots, there's very minimal uh, special effects. One guy, he shoots right in the face. And the way that it's done is the guy like has a has like red paint all over the palm of his hand. And at the last minute, the guy lifts his hand up to like stop the bullet with it. And so like that's him getting shot in the head is, you know, the paint on his hand. Mm -hmm. Very low budget, but it works amazingly well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Then they have the shootout outside where like we hear a gunshot and then a guy is in the dark and he's like, and he falls over. And, and so it's, it's Jansen and, uh, and Robert Michael Giles just shooting each other in the darkness until finally, uh, uh, Jansen shoots him right in the head and he's dead forever. Yeah. He kills him for eternity. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, whoo, that's a very loud. The gunshots are extremely loud and, you know, they actually sound like rifle shots in a, in a valley, like yep. echoing through the whole valley. It's, it's really well done. The sound, I think it's because of the absence of music really helps in those moments. Yep. Absolutely. Although I think, you know, throw some, throw some, what is it? Uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie music in there. This would have been a whole different movie. <laughs> yeah. A shitty one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then, so now the only people that are left are professor and Jensen and, um, Jensen has been shot and he's like, uh, you got to get out of here, here, get some supplies. And so the professor goes to get supplies and make his escape. And we hear the, uh, 
the creepy voice tell, uh, goes, stop him, Jensen. That's right. <laughs> and so, so the professor's running around getting stuff together. And then we see Jensen is like off getting stuff together. It's hard to tell what he's doing at first, but then we see that what he's doing is uh, he's grabbing boxes of dynamite that they <laughs> decided that the best place to store the dynamite is next to the hot water heater. <laughs> I know. Highly explosive, it says on the goddamn box. Yeah. And they have like three boxes of it. He just grabs the top box. There's like sticks of dynamite flopping around. Just rolling off them, like flying yeah. out of the box. It's like, that's fine. <laughs> he can barely stand. He has to prop his head against the door, like the, the side of the door just to get out. Yeah. That was great. Yep. Uh, and he does the whole like, uh, pour gasoline all over everything and then pour it out in a line so I can set, you know, the cabins on fire, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I thought was, was great because we like, we see all of that happen, but we never see any fire because they didn't have the budget to actually burn. I know. (laughs) It was pretty cool. Yeah. And so his plan is he's going to blow up the artifact, the professors running through the woods. And, uh, and this is, this is really the big scene in the movie, but also the, big on confusion scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, so it, it switches to the professor who's got a, a rifle and he's running through the woods and he sees the deer. He tries shooting it and shooting. It doesn't do anything. It, it isn't hit. It doesn't move. He starts talking about like the difference between when animals look up the sky, what they see when humans look up. And then what do you think I see when I look up there? And this is the, the professor has a, like it talks like answers him. He was, he's like, where were you when I created the stars? And he's like, no space time. No. <laughs> I know that part was so strange when animals, when animals look up to the sky, they just see little points of light. Mm-hmm. When man looks to the sky, he sees stars, part of parts of galaxies, you know, da da da. Yeah. When, do you want to know what I see? And the guy's like, no. no. <laughs> and then he and then he doesn't tell him. Yeah. Yeah, he's he starts talking about how he created space, he created time. Um and he was like uh you do you think you deserve to understand? And the professor's like I I didn't do anything. I'm leaving. And he's like you and uh he's like you really think that I'm like stuck in that that um that artifact like I'm just like somehow bound to like a weird piece of rock. Yeah, that's right. You you actually believe I'm bound to that structure or something like yeah, that? Yeah, and he even says, how can you believe that I'm omnipotent, omniscient, but not omnipresent? It's, that's right. It starts getting real. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jeez, this guy's grumpy. And then uh, the professor says, you're not God. God isn't cruel. He doesn't kill men like this. Um, to which I'm like, dude. Dude, yeah, this is you went to college. Figure it out. This is where the heat, the real eve of this movie is. Yeah, yeah, you're the first people to die terribly in the history of humanity. Yeah. Um, Oh God, and and what is it? Uh, Well, Jensen's out at the the structure. He's got the dynamite all around it now. Yeah, and then he starts he starts yelling at the thing. Yeah, because we can see the we can see the deer was by uh, the professor, and then there's the deer is also standing up by him. This is a really like the worst shot of the deer standing because it's pretty close up and it's in profile. Just just a deer with its legs doing the wrong thing. Yeah, like imagine you encounter a deer in the woods, and you know it. (laughs) 
as as these animals do, they stand on their hind legs and try to kick you, like they'll fight you that way sometimes. That's that's basically what he's doing. He's just standing there, but he's not even moving. He's just fucking standing there. Yeah, no motion. Just it doesn't uh, look scary. I mean, deer legs are like sticks. It's yep. just not. It's not a very intimidating looking animal. Yeah. Now, to be fair, if you were in the situation, it would be absolutely horrifying. Yep. But of course, it would. You know, it could be. It could be anything. It would be scary if it caused all that shit to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So if you're going to make a movie. And your big payoff is a is this ancient god of some sort that just happens to be associated with cephalopod bacteria, whatever the fuck that means. Um, at least make it look semi scary. Yeah, I I I do wonder if maybe it's the point, and and we'll get to it because I have I have thoughts about this movie. Okay, um, mainly about this passage right here, where it's like them talking to God. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it switches from the professor to Jensen, who's got his, like, dynamite all around him. Um, and Jensen's like, why don't you stop me? And it's because you're you're just in my mind. They, he's like, why don't you think I'm real? And he's like, you're just a stupid parasite. And uh, they, they're having, like, this back and forth about <laughs> whether or not he's the god is even real. And the dude's uh, last words are, you can go fuck yourself, asshole. And then he likes that the was dynamite. Great. That was great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, no actual explosion is seen because that would be too expensive. Way uh, too pricey. <laughs> yeah. So it's just uh, it at that point switches back to the professor who's like, oh, <laughs> he apparently heard slash saw an explosion. And now the professor is saying, where are you? Tell me, God damn it. So he like now he can't find the deer anymore. And he's now running around in the wilderness looking for the deer god. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now he's just wand- he's wandering away and then the shot changes it's like the next daytime and he's just in a big wandering mountain snow land with pine trees and uh, he <laughs> just keeps walking for a while and then we hear a, a metallic snap and he falls down and starts screaming and uh, we see that he got his leg all stuck in a bear trap yeah, close up, leg in a bear trap, scream, like, cut oh, to black. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Cut to credit. And that's it. No, no music, just credit. Yep, movie done. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It was, uh, it was uh, an abrupt ending. A lot of people didn't like it. Uh, people don't generally tend to. A lot of people generally tend to not like films that uh, don't resolve very clearly. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think the res- resolution was fairly clear. The question was, what the hell was going on the whole time? And of course, and that, I guess we we'll, we get into that. I mean, obviously, there's the possibility that the parasite, um, you know, caused them to all share the same hallucination, which makes no sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, that that's the, the big question is, is it all just the bacteria or is it some sort of fucked up deity? If it's just the bacteria, then it would be like something that forces, you know, um, forces people to all hallucinate the same type of thing and, you know, causes the behavior of cutting off their limbs and killing each other. Yeah, that, yeah, the behavior, and I don't know, maybe, I see, I just don't understand. I don't see the connection between the, it, was it coincidental that it's just an ancient bacteria that just happened to be present? But it seemed like 
being exposed to the bacteria had something to do with, you know, the, the presence of the deer God. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, I know there's, there's that fucking, um, there's these crazy types of fungus that infect, um, like ants and spiders and stuff that changes their behavior, like forces them to climb up to the top of the highest thing around so that when they die, the fungal spores will like grow out of their skin and be able to catch more wind. So like, I was thinking it could be something like that, or it could be that, you know, the, the bacteria is there. Yes. We have the scientific knowledge that the bacteria is there, but then also it like unleashed a weird God deity. And it just Mm -hmm. thinks that the bacteria is like a funny, fun side effect. I don't Mm know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're talking, yeah. You're talking about cordyceps. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. There's a video game where, uh, the last of us, where you, you're basically trying to like a survival horror game where the world has been taken over by a cordyceps, uh, fungal thing that infects people and makes their heads grow out and all these weird, you know, they act like zombies, but it's like a zombie game essentially, except they're being motivated by cordyceps. That's the one where the sequel made everyone happy, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's the one. Okay, good. (laughs) That's cool. I didn't know anything about that game. I thought it was like, (laughs) in my mind, I pictured it's this is us, but a video game. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of, the game's a lot of fun, actually. The first one anyway, I don't know about the second one and play it, but uh, also, I'd like to just point out that you can take cordyceps extract because it's supposed to have health health benefits. It's like, hmm. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so also part of that is part of that question of is it just a bacteria or is it a deity is um, why they didn't get uh, – their supply drop. So just having the radio out probably wouldn't mean, well, then fuck them. We're not going to send them a helicopter with stuff. So that implies that either McNaughton actually fucked with the radio, but even, even then, like that's one of my things that maybe he actually did fuck with the radio, but even then they would still get a helicopter. They would still drop off supplies. So it makes me wonder if they like unleashed the, the creepy deity on the whole world, or if like, you know, like what's going on outside of their, you know, little dig site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. It's, uh, this is one of those, this is one of those times where, you know, I'd love to pick the brain of the guy who made it and kind of see, but you know, who knows what he would even be willing to divulge. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, um, so, so the, <sighs> I, if, okay, basically if I was going to write a, and please never know, but if I was going to have to write a college essay on this movie, Mm -hmm. this would all be framed as like a whole like science versus spirituality thing, because you've got all of the guys are like representing like all of the like deadly sins. You've got like greed and, and all of these and sloth, all of these things flying around. And then you've got these two guys having this whole conversation with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, uh, God isn't cruel. He doesn't kill men like this. That's, you know, like the classic conversation of if, if God is a good God, then why would these things happen? You've got all kinds of stuff like that in there. And I think that if that is what's going on in this movie, or if that's what the director was like aiming this movie at, I think part of it 
part of it being a real dumb looking deer puppet is for the absurdity factor. Like what, like part of the question is whether or not to believe in this deity that is obviously absurd in appearance, but you can't just completely discredit it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know either. It's uh. It's it's a, it's a strange one. I mean, it's it's cool. One of the things that's really cool about the movie is, you know, because they didn't have a big budget, they they don't they don't do all the things that every fucking horror film makes when they have enough of a budget to do to do it. Now, some films do it well, some films don't, but they all kind of do similar shit. Uh, you know, they all kind of take after each other in really crucial ways. You know, like this movie, you could compare it to the thing in that, you know, these guys are all stuck in this frozen location and something horrible, you know, is happening to all of them. Yep. You know, it's, it's pretty similar. But beyond that, they don't go for, you know, they don't even bother with like, well, they do a little bit with the arm. But beyond that, they don't go with any crazy effects. I mean, the deer is obviously, you know, I mean, maybe they just thought, let's have it look like a real deer. I mean, it's a it's a god that just happens to look like a deer. Yeah. Which is like okay? Why does it stand on its hind legs? I don't know. Maybe there is such a thing in in uh, in dog rib mythology. Yep, yep. It, it, it's that that's very possible. I didn't even think of that. Um, I haven't found it yet because I would I've been looking for it, but uh, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. It 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 does interesting things, and I feel like this movie, what it did, it did well. It was effective, um, and. I, uh, at first I was like, wow, that's just a really shitty deer effect. And uh, f- so for me, for horror movies, the, the, for me, the big thing in almost every single horror movie, the thing that I love about the genre the most is cool monsters. I mm-hmm. fucking love cool monsters. That is, that is the meat and potatoes of the genre for me. And so this movie does not deliver that. Uh, but it feels so purposeful. Like I don't, think that it was just oh well i guess we'll do a deer like i feel like he did that for a reason i'm not sure what it is though yeah 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 i know yeah i agree though i mean i don't it was not a was not the best uh the best looking monster not very it just wasn't scary looking yeah yeah i think i i really think that it has to be for the absurdity of it. Like, like right. there, there's no way that he was like, yeah, this'll we'll just stand this in for whatever. Like there, there's gotta be, I don't know. I don't know. But other than that, this movie, this movie did a lot of things. Great. You had, you know, the isolation and paranoia, uh, all of the things going on. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a, a worthy, uh, contribution to the canon of, uh, horror greatness. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, if you compare, if if you compare the way that the the creature is presented, and think of this as like a an independent character drama, where you know you'll you'll have character dramas and dramas in Hollywood that have like you know there's some Hollywood element to it. You know, maybe the the performances are engaging, but ultimately the subject matter is extremely hollow. Or you get independent films where you know, the performances are engaging and the subject matter completely rings true and it has this emotional depth and so on and so forth. This movie as an independent horror film has that kind of that realism to it as well. So that, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, if you actually saw some sort of 
deer standing on its hind legs in this unnatural position, talking to you like in your head like that, that would be incredibly terrifying. Yep. Having said that, portraying it on screen, <laughs> it it looks comical. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, there's no way around it. I mean, and most people would probably agree with that. And it's just hard to imagine that they, when they were making this movie, somebody didn't go, Hey, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Shackle Dinkleholkus or whatever his name is. Yeah, Dinkleholkus. Um, yeah, Johnny Shackle Dinkleholkus. Um, you know, maybe the deer is a bad idea. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, it, it's, it, it. I feel like it's on purpose, but it does take me out of the movie. Like it, yeah. it fucks with my ability to suspend disbelief and just go where the movie wants me to go. It's yeah. just, it's just sticks out it it's not it's not congruent with the rest of the film it's just uh it's weird and i don't like it i still don't like it i still don't like the deer even though i like the movie a lot yeah i would agree um and and it like we had mentioned earlier i mean the movie really did reward uh multiple viewings for me it just kind of tightened it up more Mm -hmm. uh it really gave it uh, a little bit more cohesion it stuck better for me yep yeah, uh, there was. I mean, you know, for a movie where not a whole lot goes on, it's kind of important to to have have a good kind of a, a good account of what does happen. It helps kind of solidify the story because it is, as we've mentioned, it gets a little gets a little runny with a couple elements that don't. You know, not that you that we need to have stuff explained to us completely. Some of my favorite movies don't explain anything. You just have to kind of try to figure it out. Uh, but this movie kind of straddles that line. Like they give you enough that you uh, you're basically almost being set up for some sort of a you know more cohesive payoff. But then you just don't get it. Yeah. Um, but having said that, like uh, I, I still liked it a lot, and I think it's totally worth watching. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I I completely agree. I uh, do. Do we want to? Are there any other uh, aspects or scenes that you'd like to talk about before we go into grading this movie? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's on balance. It's, you know, these, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of sub themes that are are present in movies like this that, you know, if you want to get, you want to really start to dig, you can, you know, like these are, these are, first of all, like why, why does the, the God react the way that he does. Is it because they're, you know, not necessarily that they're white, but they're white men out of place. They're in an area they shouldn't be. Uh, the natives have respect for their environment and for the God. And, you know, that's why it doesn't necessarily target them. Although it might, it just, they've been living there their whole lives and, you know, they seem okay. Or is it, or is it tied in with the fact that they just simply uncovered this, this structure, uh, you know, but it, it kind of seems like a commentary on, you know, kind of like, uh, like colonialism or something. Like if you, if you go into these areas like this and you start fucking around with stuff that really hasn't, that really isn't for you to be fucking with, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, which is a great, you know, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great revenge fantasy that I think any of us uh, that live here and realize how fucked up it is, uh, enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a great angle on it. I mean, I think it's one of those things that can be almost a subconscious thing. It's, it's something that weaves its way into, uh, you know, because this is the, this is the thing about horror films is that horror films, you know, they, they horror films tackle issues head on that 
other genres sometimes won't touch. Or if they do, like say, just for instance, just cinema in and of itself, not necessarily genre film. Uh, cinema will handle in a story like this, not as a, as a horror movie, but as some horrific drama where, you know, like the white guy is going to save the native somehow. And, you know, it's, it's totally like, it's always pushing some stupid, like white, white people are so awesome narrative. Yeah. You know, with like completely ignoring the fact that things wouldn't have been so fucked up in this movie in the first place if the white people hadn't showed up, you know, it's like, in this movie, it's just their presence and maybe their, just their obliviousness to, you know, the power of the, the natural world that they've stepped into that, that would cause this thing to react to them that way, because it doesn't want this area to be taken over by, you know, people the way that the rest of the planet has, you know. That's true. I didn't even think about that angle on it. You know, you've got a, they're all business. They're talking about their jobs. They're talking about money. That whole guy is there just to talk about like additional funding. And then they also, you know, aren't like hyper respectful of the indigenous workers that they're uh, paying to, to dig through dirt. No, it's that weird kind of that like tacit racism where it's just accepted that you're superior. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, you're not. Maybe. You you don't necessarily. Yeah, yeah. You don't have like overt ill will towards them, but it's because you don't care about them. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm like you're not going to hurt them because you don't care enough about them to hurt them. Yeah, and that was one of one of the weird details of the movie is that the the five dog rib workers left, and we don't know what happened to them. But we did get that thing where instead of walking south, which is the direction of their village where they live they walked north so the idea is that they just like walked off into the wilderness to die but for all we know that's like i don't know safety i don't know (laughs) yeah that was curious to me um because yeah what what exactly were they yeah what were they trying to insinuate i mean who knows you know for all we know that they're they're protected by the by the dear god i mean they've obviously coexisted for you know centuries yeah. And they knew to get the fuck out one way or another. Yeah. I mean, of course they did they did hang around for a while after the structure was uncovered, but I guess you're just supposed to assume that they were, you know, maybe the cat was the last straw, but yeah, that they had been kind of yeah, that they had been uh, deliberating behind the scenes and kind of being like, okay, okay, you know what? This fuck this. We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That one of the things that I really appreciate about this movie is it's it's very thinky. Not that the movie is very thinky, but that it, you know, elicits thinkiness like, "Huh, what about that?" I have theories. That I like movies that give me theories at the end. Oh, absolutely. And and I like movies that don't that aren't impressed with their ability to do that mm-hmm. or with their decision to do that. Uh, you know, like for instance, Every day, uh, every fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Nolan. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Every Christopher Nolan film is like the most pompous, pretentious nonsense. Everything is bombastic and over the top. And, you know, hey, whenever he's trying to go for the heady stuff, he has to remind you how clever everything is and yeah. how, how every time something crazy happens, you get the like, <laughs> like dude, you know, we, when a city curls up in it on itself, I don't need to hear like the bells of hell to remind me how insane that is. You yep. pretty much covered it with that 
you know, ridiculously cool digital effect. Um, you can, you can cover lofty stuff without insulting your audience. It's, it's, it's like they think sometimes that if you, if you, if you start bringing in intellectual ideas into a film that you have to present them in some sort of, you know, neo-academic, like neo-formal way. And you don't, it's just, there's these, here's these fucking clowns up, up in the wilderness and they're, you know, they're just doing their jobs, looking for signs of ancient culture. And they come across, you know, something really fucking horrible and they have no idea how to deal with it. That, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. And, and part of it even is that they're, uh, they're trying for so long to just stick with business as normal, like to just, you know, don't think of it as a problem. We're just doing our job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and avoiding pretty much all the Hollywood trappings, none of this, you know, some guy dying while looking at a picture of his kid or, you know, just some, all that, that, that just like schmaltzy bullshit that, that just really takes away from a film for me. He was going to retire in two weeks. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I guess I won't go to Florida. <laughs> none yeah. of that shit. Yeah. And I would I would go as far as to say that I feel like this movie more successfully did that than The Empty Man. Like The Empty Man did a lot of great things, but a lot of it was also very um, in your face with the fact that it was thinking about these topics. You know, you were you citing philosophers in the script of the movie, whereas this is just like, hey, what if some big ideas were happening? Yeah. David David Pryor's sense of uh, visual spectacle and uh, his fearlessness when going after crazy ideas, I think, makes up for the fact that there are moments in that film that are almost inexcusably stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like Derrida High School? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that after we did that episode because I, I, you're, you know, as you remember, you're the one who let me know that. I didn't even catch that until you said it. And I was thinking about it the other day, and you know, I just had this moment where I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me, Derrida High School?" <laughs> I mean, God damn, it's like a Scooby Doo cartoon. It is. <laughs> I would have unleashed this empty, soulless god upon you if it wasn't for those pesky kids. Oh, I would have deconstructed all the ideas. <laughs> like, don't get pomo on me, David. Just yeah. relax. Yeah, I, I I will say uh, I've been I've been thinking about the Empty Man a lot too. I've even like reconsidered my stance on the uh, nude shower scene. I still yeah. think it's creepy. I still think that that movie has creepy feelings towards that actress. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh wait, that movie was mostly composed of homages to other movies, uh, and so that's you know very you know uh, psycho and any any horror movie that has like an exploitative naked girl murder shower scene. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny because as much as I love movies, I would love to make one. I don't, you know, I don't, I would love to like actually have the confidence and and a good enough idea to make one. I wouldn't love to just make one for the sake of making it. Mm -hmm. But with that in mind, I always imagine when I see scenes that have nudity or a lot of graphic sexuality in it or stuff. And I always think, you know, if I made a movie, that shit would never be in it. I just don't see why I have to subject my actors to stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So you're saying you would not direct Antichrist. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I still see the point. It's like, what? Why do you have to show all that? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't offend me. I don't have a problem with it. 
you know, I mean, I like, I like, obviously, you know, I like seeing naked women. So it's like not a problem, yeah. but it's, it's not a morality thing. It's just, I don't know. Like I can't imagine as a director sitting down with an actor and saying, Oh, and then there's this scene where you um, have a protracted uh, sex scene that shows all your bits for like about 20 minutes. Is that cool? Yeah. 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 You, you know, like a, a horror movie wherein there's a prolonged scene of a dude blindfolded sitting naked on a chair, stroking his fully erect penis uh, while a woman walks in circles around him. Yeah. Is that, that's kind of what I'm thinking we're going to do for that set, that little bit there. Is that cool? Or are yeah. you guys ready to go grab lunch? Yeah. Or? <laughs> you need anything? Yeah. yeah. How do you even shoot a scene like that? <laughs> oh, and by the way, um, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, so I'll just let you know up front that there'll be a, a room of about 30 dudes in there yeah. with, like, cameras and lights and, <laughs> you know. So just keep the boner up and we should be good. Yeah, just self-fluff. <laughs> self-fluff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. That was a weird aside. Yeah. No, it's good, though. It's good. Um <laughs> I also now I sound like some kind of mutant that's like prudish about nudity. Don't I have sex in horror. It doesn't belong. Watching it and imagining myself making a film and asking that of my actors are just the, that's the two different things I think. Yeah. And I guess that that comes with the territory of you know having enough confidence in what you're doing to to recognize that if you're actually making a movie that's worth a the shit, then maybe that contributes to the film in some way. Yeah, it's actually necessary for the story. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't thought about it from the the angle of uh, what it's like to be that director. Like, um, all right, and now we're going to put this gross rubber puppet on your cr- crotch and stick our hand between your legs and just jiggle it around while you pretend to be dead. Imagine asking somebody to do that for you. <laughs> and and then I'm going to be standing right there with a camera mm-hmm. to make sure that we capture all of it forever. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, your salary is $10,000. Yes. <laughs> Prorated for 70s inflation. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 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 This is why I don't make movies, because I can't handle basic shit like that. <laughs> basic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Normal things. You just can't handle these normal things. <laughs> normal things, like asking people to get naked so you can film them for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Cut. Not asking. Could you try it's not even an ask kid. thing. It's, it's a tell thing. I'm yeah. not asking. I'm telling. Yep. Well, one day you'll be a director and uh, you can choose what goes in your movie. Yeah. It won't matter because no one's going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it truly will be a loathsome thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Loathsome thing studios. Fuck yes. <laughs> loathsome dove. <laughs> That's our Western. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my god. Okay. So I would give this movie a I gave it a 4 out of 5. 4 out of 5. I think that's uh I think that's fair. Yeah. I will give it I I don't want to I want to give it a 4 out of 5 too, but I I always give it the same rating you do, but <laughs> but I totally agree with you though. I think it is I think it is a 4. It's it's not it's definitely not a 5. Um and it's it three anything just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. So and it, I don't even think it's worth a four and a half necessarily, just because it's it's uh, it misses some beats. Yeah, it misses some beats. 
and it, it's lacking a little bit. Um, but it's it's having said that, it's very good. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah. So so that's a, a total of eight out of ten. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a firm go watch it. If you haven't already, now, you know, all of the spoilers, it's, it's really good. Um, there are definitely worse movies on <laughs> my list of, uh, not John Carpenter's the thing. This is this yeah. one of the better ones. Um, it's not, it's not directly that, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's really good. It's interesting. It'll get you thinking and you'll get it to will. see the ridiculous tears. Yeah, yeah, that is a yeah, that is pretty hilarious. It's uh, yeah. I mean, if you think about the the monster, I mean, we've seen in several monster movies now. Yep. Um, in fact, I think we've seen exclusively monster movies, and um, uh, well, yeah, alien monster does whatever. no does was an alien does uh uh don't look now count as a monster movie? Well, no, sort of, not really. Yes, no, okay. <laughs> Micro monster? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> no, I guess that's not. Yeah, that's true. That's not a. That that's more a supernatural thriller, I guess. Yeah, supernatural thriller slasher. Yeah, that's true. Sex have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That perfect example. Yeah. Sexy. Okay. So, and then, you know, we're going to do all these things and then we'll have the blind lady and then the midget in the raincoat and murder run around Venice. Uh, let's see what else. Ridiculous hotel guy. Oh, that's right. Also, you guys are going to have a relatively graphic 20 minute sex scene. Yeah. I hope you like armpits. Yeah. And Bush. Yeah. yeah. Head Bush, bottom Bush, all over the place. Bush. All up in your mouth. Bush. Yeah. Mustache against Bush. Yeah. But just be sure take a take a bath first, and then just really dig everything out of your nipple before you go at it. <laughs> oh you don't God. want any nipple boogers sticking around in there. Yeah, we we the the last thing we need is nipple lint. Yeah, <laughs> that would be unpleasant if it got stuck in, in Donnie South's mustache. <laughs> Also, nipple nippleant <laughs> yeah. is a terrible aperitif. <laughs> Two shots of nippleant, please. Ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it's really more of yeah. a digestive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. After the meal, yeah. yeah, because as soon as you drink it, you shit yourself. Yeah, brandy, no nippleant. <laughs> Ovaltine? <laughs> oh, dear God. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, for more content like this, or to reach out to us and tell us that we are assholes, um, you can... Which we already know. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter at LoathsomePod, or on Facebook at LoathsomePodcast. I don't know. Look in the show notes. I'll put the links in there. Yeah, I believe it's it's loathsome podcast. Okay, that's good. Um, and um, but yeah, that's right. We do. Yeah, we put the linkies in the show notes. Linkies in the show notes. All right, and so until next time, this has been loathsome things. Keep watching horror movies. Bye bye.